Blog Talk Radio. Greetings and good evening. My name is Joelle and I'm the Vibrarian. I'm here to elevate, enlighten, and empower with information that I hope that you find uplifting and helpful on your journey. Tonight's show is Pages and Stages, an auditory experience. Each week, I'm here reading from a story that touched me in such a deep way. It's called The Turnaround Time. And we've been journeying through the pages of this book together now for, I think, four weeks. And I'm just having such an amazing experience by doing it. I have to thank everyone who has been tuning in and sharing their feedback about their experiences. They've been listening to this. Thank you to all of you for sharing this story with me. Um, I'm here on the Vibrary Radio Network on Blog Talk Radio, which you can find all of my programming and content by going to blogtalkradio.com slash thevibrary. That's T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-Y. You can also connect with me on Facebook and Instagram at The Vibrarian, and that's T-H-E-V-I-B-E-R-A-R-I-A-N. And yes, I am a librarian, so books are very near and dear to my heart. And so this show is really just an effort of love and enjoyment um, that I have for the, the reading of books aloud and with friends sharing them. And so this has been a wonderful time to come here each week and share this story with you. Now, the author of The Turnaround Time is Liz Gromman Nolan, and she is a twin flame. And this story talks about her past life, beginning really in the time of Atlantis. The story has been taking us from the fall and destruction of the society at that time and we've been weaving forward through space and time as she has been connecting with herself through past lives and experiences. And I will say it is it is just such a moving story, and there's quite a lot of information out right now about Atlantis and people having memories and recollections of the energies of being alive at that time. And the majority of people who are reaching out to me are ones who are sharing them their stories that tend to be very similar to what we're sharing here in this evening share. If you've missed the previous versions of this, uh, previous stages of this story, you can catch up the story so far on my YouTube channel, and that's The Vibrary on YouTube. We've got four different episodes up covering chapters one through eight. Tonight, we will begin with Chapter 9 and move forward in a few more stages this evening. The phone number for this particular broadcast is 646-668-8988. If you are listening on the phone line and wish to chime in after the the reading for a discussion or you have questions or um, to talk about, I will definitely bring you on the air after the conclusion of tonight's journey. But for now, I just ask that you sit back with me and come along for this wonderful journey through the pages and stages as we read The Turnaround Time by Liz Gromman Nolan. Chapter 9. 
our guide speaking to us now knew what was in our hearts. You cannot cut a life short without karmic consequences. That will only keep you apart longer. The goal is love and forgiveness of yourselves and each other. The cycle must be completed. The pyramid can help you. The pyramid was a safe haven for time travel that allowed glimpses into other lifetimes. The pyramid collapsed linear time completely. You could visit any lifetime already lived, one occurring in the present, or even visit or view scenarios of possible future lives. But the future lives were only projections based on the present. Any shift, desire, or emotional breakthrough could change the future. So the pyramid even gave you a chance to see what it was that you were actively creating. My love and I looked at each other just before entering the great opening to the pyramid. We stood at the entrance with some hesitation, not knowing where things would lead or what we might feel when visiting other lifetimes, some of which had been very painful. Before us was a long candlelit hallway lined by doors on either side. When reaching the door that held our twin soul story, it would illuminate. Upon entering, we sat on small backless yoga-style chairs that faced each other. The room had a purple glow and many windows facing the beautiful outdoors where we could see clear blue open skies, red rocks, and the glowing golden sun. Loving angels were with us, ready to guide in this journey. We held hands, looked into each other's eyes, and took a long, deep breath. One loving angel slowly approached us as the room lit up. The glimpses began. Sea School My love was on a small boat in sea school. With him was an elder from the ancient brothers and sisters, a man with tanned skin, a long braided ponytail, and kind brown eyes that were wrinkled a little on both sides as he smiled. My love was surrounded by miles of clear blue ocean. He was excited for this adventure, but his adolescent energy, adolescent eagerness could not block out an unshakable sadness. Unaware of my presence within him, it was partly my sadness that he felt. I called for him every night in my heart just before falling asleep. He was my purple boy. Despite the fact that we had never met, he could feel me and I could feel him. The elder was speaking words of wisdom to my love, saying that this trip would change him and that he would come into himself as a man of the sun and cross warrior. See the sea. You are one with the sea. See the sun. This is from where you come. See your body. You are the light of the sun and the sea, and the land needs you. Your body is your temple and your guru. It never lies. And if you listen to it carefully, you will always know right from wrong. In the future, the world of the dark warrior will tempt you. Your body will remind you to stay in the light, stay in the water, stay near trees. 
The only darkness that you should be a part of is the shade that comes at night when the moon shines her soft light. That is not the darkness that will tempt you. The true darkness will look blindingly bright. Do not be fooled. The dark knows that, in order to win, it has to feign light. It was considered a privilege to be sent out to sea school with the elders and happened only by invitation. The elder explained to my love that his body was highly sensitive with a keenly tuned kinesthetic awareness and sensors that enabled him to feel the energy and the relationship between the sun and the earth to discern where to spend time, where to build, how to protect the land, and how to distinguish the supreme creator's force field of light from the arti, the blinding artificial light of the dark ones. He told him he would spend significant time as a cross warrior within the world of the dark ones and that the sea school was a preparation for that. He was reminded that it would take many lifetimes for the dark ones to depart from the land. My love listened eagerly. He longed to be of service and felt a sense of mission, but inside his heart, he already missed home. He felt scared. He wondered if he was competent and manly enough, questioning if he was the right one for this job or if a mistake had been made. The elder, sensing and knowing what was in my love's heart, reassured him with a hand on his shoulder. Yes, son, you are the one. There is no mistake. The good news was that he knew he would return and be better than before. And he did return some years later, greatly matured and wiser, only to find the presence of darkness in Atlantis greatly increased and his own mother sick from that darkness. This is when he came to me in the dream time to request that I assist her. But in truth, I was the one assisted that day, and it changed everything for me forevermore. As the glimpse ended, the screen in our minds abruptly went blank. There was complete silence. The loving angel was somewhere near us, quietly holding a loving space for us. This kind of ending in the middle of a glimpse was done by design to prompt us to feel our reactions fully without pause, encourage emotional healing, and increase the love in our one soul. This was the true purpose of the pyramid. We sat there quietly absorbing the glimpse, feeling the essence of what we really felt in that life. My love, in witnessing and remembering his time on the boat, was now for the first time feeling the sadness and fear that he felt then as a young boy. And I felt it too. I felt his sadness and mine. As twins, we paralleled each other despite living separate lives. He was just a boy, and much was expected of him at far too early an age during this time of great turmoil. He was called to service that wanted and needed more time at home to be a boy. My early life in Atlantis paralleled his. I was assisting at a very young age, not realizing I was in way over my head and really just wanted to play more. Attended Sky School as he was in C School, where we were each separately guided into a calling that demanded a greater level of emotional maturity than we were ready for. 
But then that was the problem in Atlantis. Emotions were not attended to nor valued enough because they were considered feminine characteristics and the feminine was not allowed full expression. But now, free from those confines, we cried. We cried for all the times we could not cry. And for the first time, we felt immense love and understanding for who we both were then. We understood that we did the best that we could. We understood the unreasonableness of what was expected of us. We understood that the circumstances were beyond our control. We understood that the darkness that entered the land was not our fault. We poured love into ourselves then and there as we held hands seated across from each other. Self-blame was replaced with deep, loving compassion. Forgiveness began. Another glimpse was revealed. The Apartment It was at a time of great turmoil in Eastern Europe and I was married to my new partner. We lived in a small apartment over a large factory where bread and other baked goods were prepared for distribution to bakeries in the area. I baked many special delicious smelling goods myself in our small kitchen. But the scrumptious aroma of tea cakes, muffins, and rolls of bread did not change the rather gray tone and color of the apartment. It was simple, and we had little furniture. Baked goods were everywhere, in every spare space. There was only one window in the living room which I could see from our kitchen, where I spent my days baking. The window was my ticket to the outside world. I loved looking outside, even though it was cloudy most of the time. There were many children coming in and out of our apartment. Some were our own children, and others were the children of people working in the factory beneath us. My new partner was gone much of the time delivering the baked goods. He often stayed out very late or even all night, long after deliveries were complete. This was a continual source of stress and conflict between us but we forged ahead, unaware of the karmic force that bound us together, beckoning beckoning us to move into forgiveness. I was a hard-working, robust woman on the outside, but inside I was sad and lonely, which was a truth I shared with only one person. She was my best friend and confidant and lived across from me in another apartment. She would often sit by the window getting fresh air and I would speak to her as I worked. Not a day went by when we did not converse through the window. We never grew tired of one another and had endless patience for our repetitive stories of unhappiness and hope. My best friend was very funny and apparently she thought I was too, so there were days we laughed so hard my belly ached. Eventually, after many years, my new partner grew ill. A disease in his lungs took his life. Even though we had our troubles, I stayed by his side without fail. I sat by his bedside every day. I felt a sense of worth and duty in taking care of my new partner. Despite his unloving behavior towards me, I was highly principled and felt good doing the right thing. After his passing, which was sad for everyone, I ventured outside more. 
My best friend and I took walks every day. Seeing the window now from the outside, I was surprised at how my venue to the world looked like a small little nothing on the side of an old building. While all this went on, my love was somewhere else. He was a fierce fighter pilot that was careless, angry, and volatile. Inside, he was bitterly lonely, but this was never expressed or even felt by him. He did not care as much for himself as he did for his cause. He died at the age of 25, and we never once crossed paths in that life. The glimpse ended. We sat in silence. Could you feel me in that life, he asked, thinking for a moment, searching my memory. No, I don't think so. But now I can see I was trapped in the apartment because you were trapped. Looking at me with tears in his eyes, he sadly said, I was trapped inside myself, but I could feel you somewhere out there. But I did not think there was a way to ever find you. We were separate and trapped in the gap between us, unable to find each other. But our experiences and feelings affected each other nonetheless as we paralleled each other perfectly, not in our circumstances, but in our feelings. In separation or union, twins feel each other and are affected by one another, playing out the unresolved emotions and issues between them within themselves and with others. It was now clear to us that we had not been open to each other. My love was fueled by anger at himself and a nagging sense of responsibility, failure, and regret for leaving us in Atlantis and for the great destruction. The anger he felt from me then and in every lifetime thereafter kept him away and created a block between us. I felt I did not deserve love. My love felt the same. He was close to me and trapped in a fighter's life. I was close to him and trapped in an unhealed karmic bond with my new partner, who was, in truth, my karmic partner. A relationship with a karmic partner is one where once there is love and forgiveness, the romantic relationship usually ends. By contrast, in the twin relationship, when there is love and forgiveness, the romantic relationship begins. To be with a twin, all karmic relationships with others must be healed. My karmic partner held tightly onto his anger at my having left him in Atlantis without warning and would not soften his heart and forgive me. I, in turn, felt responsible for hurting him and therefore felt that I deserved his anger. This created a sense of obligation to stand by him no matter what. I was drawn to him in many lifetimes in the hope of finally receiving his forgiveness. But in this life-changing pivotal moment after the glimpse into the apartment, I saw things from the outside. I felt so much love for myself. What I needed was to forgive myself. My karmic partner's forgiveness was no longer necessary for me. In fact, in forgiving myself, I could now let go of him. That is something he would also need to do for himself to free his own soul, just as I was doing. Needing forgiveness from anyone outside of yourself binds you to them forever. We smiled as we heard the loving angel speak. 
I looked toward my love, the other half of me. I felt my heart exploding with great love. Loving myself was opening me. After forgiving myself for leaving my karmic partner, it was now easy to forgive my love for leaving in Atlantis and myself for not taking him back. My love saw how his volatile nature led his life and how lost he felt because he could not feel a flow of love from me. And I felt none from him either. It had not been resentment or anger towards me that was his problem. It was self-blame that caused him to shut down. And as a cross warrior in the darkness, this shutdown made him unable to access our love or his feelings. He was caught up in fighting the powers he thought had separated us to begin with, instead of forgiving himself. He felt heartbroken seeing me alone in the apartment. He began sobbing, apologizing for not finding me and for his devotion to a life fueled by anger. He apologized for leaving in Atlantis and for not listening to me. He took my hands and kissed them, pulled me to him, and held me. The great love between you is changing everything. The loving angel had spoken. We knew what she meant. We felt it. A likeness was in the air. We were happier than ever. She spoke again. There is more. The glimpses began again, this time moving much faster. White House. I was a young girl, sick with an incurable illness. My love was a person of importance who went on to live in a big white house as a political leader. We did not know each other. I was trapped in a mansion where I lived until I died young. He was trapped on a path he felt destined to, in a mission he still felt silently guiding him to help and fix problems in the land. He eventually married someone, but he was never happy. I watched him from the afterlife, surrounding him with love, meeting him in the dream time, and helping him stay safe in the physical world. The Indian Life We were young Native Indians in opposing tribes, never to unite, but deeply in love. We knew each other only briefly, yet no other partner ever made it possible to release the memory of one another. The great love between us was never realized. After the fight. My love lived on after the fight once he was healed in the infirmary. He moved to a faraway land and took our twin daughters with him. They were the youngest daughter and the second daughter from Atlantis. They grew to be beautiful, talented singers. My love used his wealth to fund their careers as singers and care for them. Watching the glimpse, we began to hear a familiar angelic voice singing. It was soft and beautiful. Lavender and pink colors danced around as she sang. We began to cry. We knew right then that it was our second daughter from Atlantis where she once used her singing voice to heal people, animals, and plants. She was here now in the pyramid using her gift of voice healing to soothe us. 
We stood and reached out to her. More light filled the room. We embraced. We will all be together soon, she sang as she faded into the light. We saw the three other daughters from Atlantis with her, far in the distance. The glimpses were happening so quickly, giving us little time to process and integrate them. The appearance of our daughters from Atlantis and the anticipation of all being together again was filling us with joy as the loving angel spoke for the last time. You have one more life to visit. This is a very important life, not long before the turnaround time. Remember, do not judge yourselves harshly. Love is the key. Forgiveness is the way. The German life. My love was a soldier. I had wavy brown hair and wore a simple tan dress. I was in a room with many others. We were waiting to be burned and killed. Standing in uniform, rifle in hand, he was looking into my eyes. I knew him from long before the days of danger. We were once lovers, best friends, and confidants until now when our dark fate reunited yet also separated us. I was so surprised to see him that I was unable to move. He looked at me intently, warning me not to let on that we knew one another. There was sudden movement. Everyone began shuffling around. I did not know what was happening. I heard sirens. A back door flew open. Many of us were pushed out. My love was behind me, shoving me out the door with so much force that I almost fell over. In a loud whisper, he said, Go now to our old friend. Run. Do not look back. Do not look for me. Do not turn around. Do not hesitate. Run now. And I did. I ran so fast I felt like my feet were not hitting the ground. I felt him inside me, propelling me forward. Our old friend was not far with his truck. He had the back opened. I jumped in. The door shut just as he told me to get under the blankets. I put the heavy wool blankets over me as the truck took off. My heart was pounding so much I could not catch my breath. Slightly delirious from hunger and thirst, I lied there not moving for a long time from extreme exhaustion, falling in and out of sleep. Visions from my childhood filled my mind. I was playing in a field where I grew up on a farm on the west side of the country. My love lived close by. We were not of the same faith. Our families knew each other. His parents were merchants. They bought land, sold land, and had sold us our land. The day my father signed the deed, my love was with his parents. We were all together in the file room for this transaction. My love and I were children. He was making a paper airplane while smiling at me. We giggled. My mom kept sussing us for being noisy. I looked into his eyes with a finger over my smiling lips for him to be quiet. And he started laughing more. His laughter is the last thing I remembered before finally falling asleep in the hot truck. That is when I saw my guide shimmering in soft light. I must have fallen asleep because I was in the dream time now. 
In Atlantis, the Dark Ones rooted their presence by disrupting the force field of light and the natural flow of great love between twins. This was the agenda of the others. They accomplished this by entrapping men of the sun and suppressing women of the divine order of the feminine. This interruption in the flow and natural order of things set up a pattern of destruction. They knew that by creating a sharp division between the masculine and the feminine, they could remain in power. But more so, with the masculine and the feminine no longer working together, the Earth's grid, which relies on this balance, would weaken. This would destroy loving relationships and separate twins to the farthest point, creating amnesia in many who would find themselves lost without understanding of any crime. This led to many people feeling life was meaningless. Since the great destruction in Atlantis, your twin has found himself trapped on the dark side for several lifetimes, a dark side that he does not belong to. And, after so much wounding between you, encouraged by the agenda to separate twins and the disturbance to the force field of light, you have ended up in the gap. In this life, you are so gapped from one another that you are even on opposite sides, so to speak. The separation between you can end, but you must open your heart. Upon awakening, you will discover your twin was killed for saving you and the many that were with you. This was his choice. He had decided to put your life before his. Given the dark state of the planet, this is the only way he knew how to be true to himself and not be trapped. In fact, in many lifetimes, he chose an early death to avoid being trapped on the dark side. The exception to this will be in the turnaround time. The guides will help him design a life of intense restriction until he learns to leave the dark through love and forgiveness and by not living in fear. Self-forgiveness will be his greatest challenge, but as you forgive yourself and hold loving space for him, it will help him do the same for himself. At the time you tell your story, the planet will be reversing the events of Atlantis. This is the Atlantis reversal of the turnaround time. The Supreme Creator, through encouraging love in the hearts of all, with the help of many loving angels, will move the others off the planet. United twins have an important role, for as they come back together, a natural homeostasis of the masculine and the feminine can preside once again. The great love between twins is unlike any other and provides a tremendous healing force. As twins unite all over the planet, they will create a grid, allowing the force field of light to shine once again. All people will feel pushed to be true to themselves fully, to be genuine and authentic, to drop their facades and to live a life from love. Living a life not based on societal expectations, following one's true calling, and healing through love and forgiveness is the key and will invite the twin back to you. The dark ones will try their old tricks and things will look bad on the outside, but ultimately the force of love in the hearts of all will not allow this. Sadly, humanity has had to descend before ascending, but this is the way it is. 
This is how each of you is learning to be fully present, fully emotional, and to live making all choices from love only. Once you awaken, you will have almost arrived to the home of your old friend. He and his family will house and hide you. You will be safe for a time. You will again feel alone as you did in Atlantis after such great loss. You have come to repeat this in many lives, and even in the turnaround time, you will manifest this for much of your life until you heal. But this will serve you well in the retelling of your story. You will tell of your lives with your twin, and this will be a model and example of how one soul merges after many lifetimes and separation. When you awaken, you will not recall our conversation, but rest assured, as always, the timer will help you remember everything in the turnaround time at the right time so you can share it. This will assist many. In helping them, you too will be helped. Giving and receiving are one. I awoke pushing the blankets off me in a cold sweat with no memory of my dream. It took a moment to realize I had escaped. My thoughts were now focused on my daughter. I remembered that our old friend knew where she was and I calmed myself. I will see her soon. She was safely hidden in the home of friends. I felt weepy and tired. My mind wandered. I saw flashbacks of my life before the madness began of the events leading up to this horrible yet wonderful day when I was finally liberated from the Nazis thanks to my love's great act of love. Remembering the events that led to this moment, I recall standing at the large front door of the home my love lived in as a child. His father, who had sold us our land, was standing at the door looking weak and sickly. Hello. I am here to tell you that you have to stop using this land for your good. The people of the community need this land. The old man I was speaking with had taken back the land he once sold us under pressure from the Nazi regime of our time. He responded with direct bluntness. Young lady, I only have a short time left till my death. At that time, my son will inherit my estate. It will be his decision what he does with our land. You may speak with him. He retreated slowly and returned with the contract, contact information for his son. Propelled by my anger and conviction to get our land back, I boarded the next train. Approaching his son's estate, I remember the old-fashioned car I was driven in by a chauffeur with a big black hat. Pulling up to the gate, a guard announced my arrival. The butler greeted me at the large front door and invited me into the parlor of this mansion. I accepted his offer for tea. I sat in anticipation as I remembered the boy and his paper airplane who I had not seen in many years. I heard his footsteps as they gradually got louder. In walked my childhood friend, a fair-skinned, tall, blonde-haired man with soft features. How lovely to see you, he said as he reached for my hands and gave me a friendly hug. We both sat on the big plush chair, smiling for a moment, when I suddenly remembered the real reason I was there. My smile faded, and I was about to demand that he return our land, but that never happened. I felt my vision blur and my body get heavy. He looked confused and began calling for his housekeeper frantically. 
She must be tired from her travels. Get her some water. I begin to mutter, no, I'm all right. I feel better. I do not want to waste time. Looking at him, the wooziness returned, but I decided to fight this blast. He interrupted me. Fraulein, would you like to see the gardens? The gardens? What is he talking about? I heard myself say to him that it would be lovely, nodding my head yes. Why can't I control this? I need to fight for our land. He escorted me behind the house where there were acres of landscape that were too beautiful for words. There were gardens stretching out so far I could not see beyond them. Paths were woven within them everywhere, lined by fountains and fruit trees. We walked as he showed me the different flowers, and I can honestly say that at one point, not only did I forget my true purpose for coming, I no longer cared. Our childlike fascination with each other was still there, and I wondered if he would soon make another paper airplane as we laughed and playfully explored this paradise. He was pleased for me to stay with him during my visit, and we began a friendship that quickly escalated to a consuming, passionate love affair. My love was waiting for his inheritance and reassured me he would return our land to us. He was at odds with his father, who was not easily swayed and living in fear under the dark regime of the times. Everything changed when my love and I were eventually separated. I went back home to care for my aging mother, and the time apart caused havoc in our relationship. The dark regime was taking complete hold, and all men were called to fight. This was just after my love received his inheritance, and I got busy with my mother and matters at home. I soon found out I was pregnant with our child, but I could not get the news to my love. This was our daughter from Atlantis with the gift of psychic hearing, the third daughter. My love never got to meet her. Lying now in the truck, I was thinking only of her. I missed her terribly. I wondered how I would get to her as I fell back asleep. I woke up cold and hungry in the attic of our old friend's house. His daughter was my dear friend. They had set up a lovely room for me with pictures of friends and family, many of whom had now been killed, although I did not yet know this. There were books, candles, and journals for me. They knew that I loved to read and write. My dear friend was climbing up the small creaky steps to be with me. My father will keep you here and is willing to have his own life taken to protect you. Your daughter is okay. We will find a way to get her here. Why don't you write her letters until then? Yes, I thought to myself, I will do that. But then I asked her where my love was. Has he survived? She was one of the few friends who knew that he was the father of my child. She looked at me in sadness, telling me that she did not think so. I cried and wept uncontrollably in her arms. Hours went by. I loved my dear friend so much. She and her parents were my second family. I lived with them mostly in the attic until a blaze was set. We all died in that fire. I never got to see our daughter. It ended there. The visions were gone. The glimpse ended. 
this lifetime was so upsetting. I wanted to leave the pyramid. How could I have been this angry with my love after his sacrifice? I was so upset with myself. His devotion to protecting me was so clear to me now. I realized at that moment that this was about Atlantis again. But now I could see that he was trying to keep us safe all along. The dark ones in Atlantis imprinted men with the idea that they had to leave to fight and that fighting was more important than love. In fact, my love thought this was the way to love me. He repeated leaving in many lifetimes, and each time we were apart, I would be angry with him without recognizing his great act of love. This anger carried through every lifetime. The anger that I felt because I thought he felt leaving was the answer. I wanted us to be together, even if it meant both of us dying. The feelings of resentment, hurt, and self-blame that each of us harbored created the main block to uniting that we faced in each lifetime. This is how we got stuck in a cycle of separation until the turnaround time. Despite my urge to run from my pain, my love took my hand firmly and we left the pyramid, walking back down the long candlelit corridor to the light outside. I know it looks scary and we have a lot to overcome, but we have to do this together. I know, I said, but I am ashamed of myself for being so angry at you. There is so much pain and loss in my heart. As there is in mine, I too am ashamed of my actions, but what are we to do now? Our only option is to move forward as one. You are right, I said, smiling. We can do this, you said. And not knowing what our future held, we knew one thing for certain. We were completely committed to walking the path together. There would be no more separation. Chapter 10. The End of Separation. Not far from the pyramid was a large rock formation where we saw our guides. They looked like regular people with the exception that they were stunningly beautiful and always surrounded by a soft white glow. My guide wore a simple white cotton dress and plain tan sandals. Her long, light hair glistened in the sun that shined on her flawless and painted face. She had the natural look of a farm girl, yet the wisdom of an ancient goddess. My love's guide was barefoot and always carried a backpack. We always wondered what was in it. He had the free spirit of a mountain man, a full head of unkempt brown curls, and the body of an expert martial artist. He wore khaki green shorts and a plain white shirt. He had a square jawline and a warm, dimpled smile that was captivating. Being in the presence of these extraordinary beings always felt peaceful. They transmitted pure, unconditional love and acceptance. As we sat with him, they began speaking to us through our minds. The soul-driven life, dancing with the divine. Everything your one soul is healing here will take time to manifest in the physical world. Have patience. First you heal in your soul at the highest level of your being and slowly it manifests in the body. As it is above, so it is below. 
On earth, it takes time for the soul to awaken. This delay in reflecting what has been learned at the soul level is due to the fear-driven ego's firm grip on the body in the physical world. The ego represents the false self, focused on appeasing others and fitting into the confines and expectations of an unloving society. The darkness on the planet caters to an ego-driven life. A soul-driven life will speed the process of returning to the true self. But to do this, the soul must lead the way. To release the soul's knowledge while in the body means to live in complete and total honesty and to choose love over fear every time. Ask yourself in each moment, what would love do now? Choosing loving actions towards others while not loving yourself is not love. It is sacrifice. The way to unveil the soul's knowledge can only come through complete love of self. Dancing with the divine will accelerate the soul-driven life. By asking the Supreme Creator for help in living the highest plan for your soul, we can be your dance partners. Together we can create the best plan for your life to unfold as your soul truly desires. We, your guides, are the worker bees for the Supreme Creator and are always happy to help. But we prefer to do so by invitation because we honor personal free will. By exercising your free will and asking for help, we have full permission to intervene and interact with you, not only in the most difficult of times, but also in the most mundane situations. By asking us for help, you become a co-creator rather than a victim. Many feel asking for help is a sign of weakness, but the opposite is true. Prayer invites us to assist you. However, we suggest that a prayer be focused on help with what you need to do to heal and embark upon the soul-driven life and how to take steps towards making changes rather than looking to us or to anyone to resolve or fix things for you. That is how we become dance partners. We will help you make the changes. We seek that everyone be empowered in this dance. The power is within you. The turnaround time has at last arrived. The time has come for your unification in the physical world. In your current life, where you are sleeping soundly, you are in separation. The first activation at your first encounter will occur soon and activate you each to the path of a soul-driven life, the only way to unify the twin. The first activation always encourages you to heal fully and creates a platform for unification. In order to do this, all karmic relationships will have to be healed. Thus, the first activation will prompt the healing of all other relationships. If there is separation from your twin, there are emotional blocks between you. There are those who may teach that twins separate in order to learn about the path of separation. But the truth is that twins do not purposely separate, nor is separation critical for growth. In fact, separation is a consequence of trauma and unhealed emotion. While learning occurs in separation, the learning is for the purpose of healing enough to return to each other. Many also question the purpose of this in the big picture. Separation is a consequence of the darkness that once entered the planet. 
Had there been no darkness, there would be no separation, and all twins would be living together while in separate bodies in love and harmony. Darkness was not the intention of the Supreme Creator. However, free will is, and that has always been his intention. And as many chose to live in darkness, they can now choose to live in love and light to end all separation. While in separation from the twin, the soul will attract other relationships that will assist emotional development so one can unify with the twin and close the gap. There are three main kinds of non-twin conventional relationships. The first is the soulmate. This relationship is often a conflict-free connection where you will feel like you are with a best friend, a trusted partner, and a true supportive companion. This relationship is a safe place to heal fears, learn about yourself, and have some fun. There are times that one will grow best by being with a soulmate, and it can be a very positive, long-lasting, or even lifetime relationship that can prepare you for the all-encompassing passion inner serpent awakening, and unmatched transformational alchemy of the twin relationship. In the soulmate relationship, each partner is affected by the behavior of the other. But while they can mirror each other, it is not the exact and perfect reflection the twin offers, which always shows what is deeply hidden inside the soul completely. As twins, because you are one soul, the twin will directly mirror in an automatic, immediate, intense, and precise way everything you feel, do not feel, or fear. The soulmate relationship benefits and enables both people in that specific relationship to heal, but it is not the relationship itself that heals others outside of each partner. That distinguishes it from the twin relationship, which helps all others around them to heal just by their union. There are those who desire the lesser intensity that the soulmate can offer, or in some cases, they may have the most to gain through a lifetime with the soulmate. Life is a personal journey that follows each person's heart, desires, and free will. But if one is with the soulmate to avoid the true self and suppress feelings, especially if one is using the soulmate to calm the pain of separation when one knows for sure who the twin is and is avoiding the twin intentionally, then it is important to know that this will not enable growth and the soulmate relationship then would ferment stagnation and denial. Being in a stagnant soulmate relationship will repel the twin because you will not be living in truth and you will be out of alignment with yourself. Being that your twin is you in a separate body, you will repel them just as you are repelling yourself. To be with the twin, one must live a soul-driven life and love yourself fully, which will only happen when you are true to yourself and growth is desired much more than stagnancy. While the soulmate relationship can continue indefinitely in stagnancy, the twin relationship cannot. If you are suppressing yourself, you are suppressing your twin. The twin relationship can only continue when there is growth and honesty at all levels. This distinguishes it from all other relationships. However, if one is with a soulmate to learn about oneself, to fully feel, 
to grow in love and become more of one's true self. And if one is uncertain for sure who the twin is, or if the twin is not incarnated, or is truly unavailable, this path will eventually lead you to your twin. Whether it is in this life or the next, you will unify at the right time. In the meantime, you can enjoy a joyful, loving relationship with a soulmate. The ego-based relationship is the second kind of non-twin conventional relationship, but it lacks the loving quality of the soulmate relationship. It has no specific healing energy for the self or anyone else outside of meeting each other's each partner's wishes, demands, and projections. The only true benefit is that it can offer a way for wounds to present themselves. Ego-based relationships are often competitive and smitten with power struggles. They are full of addiction, materialism, superficiality, and selfishness, which lead to deep emptiness within the already fractured soul. This is in sharp contrast to the twin relationship which heals the soul fully and then helps everyone and everything else. It also differs from the soulmate relationship which helps personal healing and fosters preparation for the twin. The ego-based relationship enables addictions and ferments insecurity. The greatest challenge and most important relationship task will be to thoroughly complete cycles with the third kind of non-twin conventional relationship, the karmic partner. Shortly after the initial split of twin souls, a dominant karmic partner is attracted who reflects the feelings of incompleteness in each person. This becomes a very strong trauma-bonded relationship that can persist through many lifetimes and is often characterized by feelings of duty and responsibility to each other. Sometimes guilt or caretaking are prominent features of this connection. Other times there is an unbreakable sense of loyalty even when the connection is not nourishing. Twins cannot reunite reunite until our karmic bonds with other partners are healed. In fact, many twins in separation will meet while one or both are still in other relationships where karma is not healed, causing one twin to run from the other because of the incomplete karma with the karmic partner and the powerful attachment to that person. A premature departure from the karmic partner without love and forgiveness of the self and the karmic partner will draw you back to the karmic partner, even if you have met your twin and have tried to be with him or her. The karmic partner relationship is repeated from life to life, solidifying the karmic pattern. It is a powerful connection that leads to the confusion and erroneous assumption that the karmic partner is actually the twin and therefore sometimes called the false twin. Once this relationship is healed through love and forgiveness, both karmic partners, if they choose, can move to their right place towards a soul-driven life leading to the twin. Looking to heal and forgive within, rather than blaming the karmic partner or feeling responsible for them, is necessary to end this cycle. If you are waiting for your twin who is still entangled in a karmic bond, it is loving to allow them the time and space to fully heal this without pressuring them to end the karmic relationship hastily without complete love and forgiveness. 
In all non-twin conventional relationships, you can present a false self. You can hide, you can run, you can coexist without intimacy, and all the while the relationship can last. If you become more of yourself, your partner may or may not react. In fact, many times, becoming more authentic will cause your relationship to end. Yet with the twin, nothing less than total authenticity will allow the relationship to thrive. It is only through the willingness that you have to be completely honest with yourself that you can tolerate being in the presence of the twin. We must emphasize again that in the twin relationship, everything you do or don't do, feel or don't feel, is mirrored to you through your twin. While mirroring can happen in many relationships, none will come close to the precision and intensity of the twin. For it is only the other half of you that can act out what is in you because they are you in a separate body. Recognition of the twin requires giving up the ego idea of idealized romantic fantasies and projections. As you unveil who you are and lead a soul-driven life, you are naturally drawn home to your other half. This is a metaphysical reaction. The soul is always attracted to itself. This alchemy between twins is natural and perfect. And as each twin moves towards the other, the greatest love occurs and creates a powerful, irresistible magnet. The twin relationship encompasses the highest form of romantic love and heals everything and everyone around it. This is the unique and powerful trademark of a twin relationship. Twin reunification stems from a deep desire within the soul to be your best and highest self and merge with the other half in that space. Desire is absolutely necessary to attract the twin. If one wants to be with the twin, this desire needs to bump to the top of the list. The greatest love and magnetic energy that exists is between twins, and this will transform and assist the planet to become fully love-based. The soul needs to reunify to be whole. The unification with the twin allows no space for fear, which is why twins are always under target by the dark ones who have held the planet hostage through fear. They aim to destroy true love and replace it with relationships based on the needs of the ego. Once you awaken and leave the dream time, the timer in your soul will continually release within to bring you timer moments as precious gifts and openings to bring you back to yourself and propel you towards a soul-driven life. This happens for everyone. Sadly, most people miss these moments that offer windows to the soul. Each timer moment is a gateway to yourself. The key here is to release expectations of how or when these moments will occur. Trust in this process. Know that the other half of your soul is out there and longs to return to you and that as you love yourself and become yourself fully, you love him or her too. And in that, you hold space for him or her to come home to you. The choice. 
My love guide rarely spoke, but when he did, he spoke with eloquence, clarity, and conviction. He looked up at the sky, turning his palms up as if to ask a question of us and the Supreme Creator at the same time. What will you choose? In the turnaround time, you are faced with the choice. There are two paths. One will reflect fear and separation. The other will reflect love and unification. The choice is yours. Here at the soul level in spirit, you are at the highest level of your being. You have forgiven one another. You are committed to ending all separation. But can you manifest this on earth? Nothing is assured unless you choose love. Your challenge will be to live a soul-driven life that will draw you together and manifest what you have healed here. While you are one in spirit, if you do not become one in the physical, you will be unable to spread the healing power of the twin flame merchants on earth. Union between twins heals the damaged energy field of earth through the very act of unifying. It is a powerful, unmatched alchemy when two halves merge as one in the physical world. Physicalize your union. Be fully present in your bodies with one another. This is the magic that can transform the darkness on earth. The planet lights up as each soul awakens and twins unite. You will be tested. The dark ones are still plentiful in making a strong last-ditch effort. They will flock towards the magnificent light around anyone living a soul-driven life, and especially twins moving into union. They are trying to prevent the Supreme Creator's force field of light from directing the planet by keeping those in power who are interested in only maintaining darkness on Earth. Fear-based choices attract the dark ones. Remember that fear is their food, and this is what they will encourage by creating situations and bombarding your mind to fill you with fear about being who you are. Denial of fear will only attract more fear, for whatever you deny manifests. Therefore, feel your fear, but do not let it guide your decisions, actions, and heart. It is now the turnaround time and Atlantis is reversing for everyone. Your life in Atlantis will reemerge. In moments you will feel as if no time has passed at your life there, despite how different things look in the modern times in which you live. The final conversation will be repeated many times until you decide to choose love and end it. Only then will the past stop creating your future. As Atlantis reverses itself, all the events will be revisited in reverse order to undo the damage. But while you experience them, it may seem confusing. Remember this, each moment is an opportunity to choose love where once you chose fear. This will end the confusion. The Gift He looked at my love. You, my friend, are stronger than the dark ones, but you have to give up the fight. Learn when to walk away. He then looked at me. You have to give up the anger. Soften. He then looked at both of us. You are never alone. 
the timer within your soul will continually release. It is important not to ignore these wake-up calls. If you do, you will have to wait until the next time the timer releases. There is a window of opportunity with each timer moment as the power of the one soul is pre-programmed to open and move you forward. Your soul is fully open in that moment to receive the gift. This is the gift of a shortcut that says to you, if you act now on what you really want in your soul, you will have all the support you need and then some. Acting within a timer moment quickly moves you to the next place, which is the right place for you. It says, do it now. When the timer goes off, heed the wake-up call and make the change. Pay attention to these moments. They may come in the form of sudden intuition, poignant dreams, or strong feelings to make sweeping changes with sudden clarity. Resisting these moments can bring unpleasant, unexpected life changes or even health concerns that will prompt you further to make the change. Your soul is always trying to move you forward and towards one another. The dark ones, still trapped and directed by the others, are trying to get everyone to ignore these wake-up calls and see them as wrong, ridiculous, and impractical. They will show up in drugs, groves, around timer moments through your own insecurities or from those around you reflecting them. Choose love. Be brave. Looking at my love, he said, you will complete your karma with your primary karmic partner young in life, freeing you to wait until your twin completes hers. It will take some time, possibly several years, for Atlantis to reverse itself. In this time period, the lost children will attempt to pull you into darkness as they did on the Dark Island. They will be up to their old tricks to keep you apart and trapped in the turnaround time. They hope that you will make the same choice as you did in Atlantis. Your loneliness, denial of missing your twin, and feelings of hurt from her rejection of you in Atlantis will tempt you to choose fear. The choice is yours. He picked up his backpack, nodded farewell to us, and strolled away towards the mountain. My guide smiled and joined him. I will find you. I turned to my love. I was content here with him and feeling hesitant to return to the physical world. We need to come up with a sign for when we are lost and covered by the veil. How can we remember to choose love and each other? There was silence at first. Then he said, I know that we will have to go through more separation to heal and finish with other partners, but I will say this to you. When I am completely convinced that you no longer love me, living in fear that there is no chance you will take me back, I will still choose love for our children. This love I have for them will keep me close to you. They will need my help, and the youngest daughter will need me in a special way. I know this because she had the least amount of time with me in Atlantis, and to reverse this, she will need me near her. The ancient brothers and sisters taught me that children before the age of 14 are still aware of who they are and more easily manifest the blueprint of their soul's plan. My love stated this as he took my hand, guiding me to the pond. 
here is something else I learned from the ancient brothers and sisters. Leaning down towards the water, he chose a rock and held it up to the sun. He placed it on his heart, pulled me to him, and placed it on mine. He then placed the rock in the water. We looked in the water, and there I saw an image of a little girl with big eyes, curly brown hair, and a delicious smile. Recognizing her immediately, my heart opened. The youngest daughter will remember and remind you regularly to reach out to me. Listen to her. She will reunite us. We held each other for a long time until we felt the familiar tug from our bodies to sleep in the physical world. He held my hand tightly as he began to fade. No, don't go, I said softly, tears in my eyes. We hated parting. I will find you. This is the ending of tonight's reading of the turnaround time. This has been Pages and Stages with the Vibrarian, and thank you so much for spending this short while with me exploring this beautiful story. Wishing you all the blessings you can have and honoring the light in you, which is also a reflection of the light in myself and all of humanity. Namaste.